I'm Ben Slowey, and today on the show, I have a really, really awesome ambient music artist. Um, she, uh, her, her latest album uh, came out two years ago. It's called Crashing Into Nowhere. Uh, she goes by the name Apollo Vermouth, and uh, you're also playing uh, August 10th at the Brim Labs, aren't you? Correct, yes. Cool, yeah, so, you, so uh, save that date. Remember that one. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. How, how are you today? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Just had work. Just drove out here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that we, the timing is right and everything. Yeah. Um, I just got back from the beach. Um, a lot of dragonflies out today. Uh, it was really hot. Um, I. But it was also, the water was really fucking cold. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, all the scooters are out now. Uh, I have a friend who like hates those scooters. Like, he'll go on like a rant for you about how much he hates them. You yeah. should just get him on the show. You just get Haunter on the show and talk to John. Oh, he'll yeah. He'll just go on. Hey, <laughs> shout, shout out John Schoenman. Um, <laughs> yeah, just saw Haunter actually recently for the first time at their uh, oh, show. But yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Um, <laughs> good to know. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just have him to talk about the scooters. Yeah. We won't go into music or anything. Yeah, it's 45 minutes about scooters. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, like, what's the thing, I, I guess, like, what does he hate about them so much? I think there's just, like, a like a nuisance, and people don't really know how to use them properly. They're not really going by, like, you know, driving laws. Yeah. Or... <laughs> apparently, apparently, there was someone that was riding one down the interstate recently. Yes. <laughs> That's... Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I have no, I have nothing to say. They about go that. like 15 miles an hour, yeah. and like it's. Let's it, just found a yeah, yeah someone. Yeah, yeah no, it's just, that's <laughs> that's some like true like you know somebody memed it or like like you know totally made it into something that went viral. Totally, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I've also heard that like they're not really as cheap as they're being made out to be because like it's like what is it like a it's a dollar to use one and then it's like a quarter. American. For every minute, yeah, and I feel like that adds expensive. up. That does yeah, it add is up. expensive. Yeah. Might as well just ride a bike. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah, literally. <laughs> you ride a bike. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, or in my case, I just walk everywhere. That too. Because that's that's the best. Exercise. I got two. Yeah, I got yeah. two feet, and I need to use them more. Yeah. But uh, well, let's. Uh, thank you for bringing the white claws. I, I this was. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just out of out of nowhere. I was like, you know. It was very. I, really want, I just really want one. Yeah, no, it was very thoughtful because yeah. you. Okay, so for one, I felt bad because you asked for Bubbly, you know, no, which is the fine. main competitive brand for Lacroix. Yeah. But it's like me bringing these, and I'm like, oh, is Pepsi yeah. okay? Type shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I I kind of like Bubbly a little bit more because I feel like when I open it, like the flavor kind of sticks around longer than these kind of like sure. just go like flat very fast. Yeah, fair, fair. Do you have a flavor you want? Uh, no, no just, I'll take any one. Right. I, You're gonna have black cherry. Oh, that's, that works for me. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a picky bitch. No. I will get drunk off of anything that I can sip. Oh, well, we're not trying to get drunk. We're just trying to have fun. Look, <laughs> you know, sometimes those can be, uh, those can be intertwined, but yeah. We're no, just, that's kind of what we're I just, want. Yeah, we're like just secretly. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
go. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. So cheers. Cheers. I already took a sip, but. Um. Yeah. So maybe maybe to space these out, we'll, we can bust these up. Definitely. But yeah. yeah. So we have all we have all things seltzer on the table today. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, um, we talk about uh, love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. Oh. It's a little shaky. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I, I remember like I've, I've interviewed you for before for Breaking Entering. Also, want to point out that Elisa does play guitar in the band Operations, right? Yes. Yeah? Shout out Operations. I love you, Charlie. <laughs> um, so. Um, so like, I've, I've talked to you a couple times for Break and Entering and like, really interested in just sort of your creative process with ambient music and how it evokes like, you know, messages and themes and tones that, you know, don't necessarily use words because you don't really use your voice too much in your music. Um, sometimes you do, have, but like, um, but I don't know, I think it's really cool how you use a lot of lush soundscapes to convey a feeling. So. Um, so I guess like to start, uh, you know, as I typically ask uh, artists, I guess I, I'm interested in uh, where you really first started finding music as an outlet for yourself. I'd say the first time was I was 16 and I got a four track uh, from eBay. Like, like it was about like $100 Tascam four track Porter Studio. Mm -hmm. They don't make those anymore. So yeah, um, I bought that and got really into like recording the tape. Mm -hmm. And I used to try to like write pop songs. This is around the time when like, I think Waves was like super big and like early uh, Best Coast stuff that oh, was yeah, coming out. Right. Like that whole like lo-fi thing. If I was your boyfriend. Yeah, even before that <laughs> one, yeah. there was that one song called Sun Was High, So Was I, and I was obsessed with that song. Anyway, yeah. uh, <clears throat> So yeah, I, I got really into that kind of like lo-fi type straight-to-tape recording mm -hmm. um, stuff and I could never do it properly. Like I always, I always, you know, main thing for me was always like writing like pop songs, yeah. rock songs, whatever. Right. Um, and then I just kind of got into uh, getting into like weirder stuff over time. I got more into like noise music. Um, what kind of like, what were you listening to? Um, well, it's hard to say, like, what I was listening to. It's just a lot of things at the time I was hearing. During the time I started listening to, like, Animal Collective, when you're, Ooh, yes. when you're, like, 15 and discovering that shit, it's, like, a whole, like, new world. Oh, yeah. You know I couldn't I mean? imagine, like, because, like, I love Animal Collective, but it was, I couldn't imagine, like, 15-year-old me listening to It's so fucking difficult yeah, to like, listen to. Listening to some, <laughs> like, some tongs when yeah. I was 15, like, I, I... Feel like I it's was hard even to listening reach. to the weirder shit, like "Here Comes the Indian," and that's mm. just like fucking spirit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah it's, it's just so so. It's pretty out there. Yeah. Um, it's definitely music they were making when they were probably tripping. Oh yeah, I, oh they actually yeah. were like that <laughs> yeah, early stuff yeah. was. They were definitely on psychedelics, but yeah, and then yeah, and like that stuff. I like, um, and then even bands like Deerhoof and Shushu like are also really like weird noisy like I don't even know how they like I don't know how they could like construct a song and be like 
yeah, this is done. This is finished. Yeah. You know, because it's just so weird and disjointed and abrasive. And I always was fascinated by the way, like, whether it's noise or ambient or just otherwise avant-garde musicians, like, it's kind of, it's weird to say it's like when they decide, like, a song is done because it's so, it's often very unconventionally structured. Yeah. It's still, like, even, I think people still have that problem if you make it like that kind of music. Even for me sometimes, I don't know if I should be done or not. Yeah. But I guess you just kind of have to like feel it in a way. Mm -hmm. I, I had a discussion recently with someone because we've been working on music together, mostly like I'm just doing the weird electronic shit and he's just manipulating it like on his software. Yeah. But anyways, like as we were saying, uh, yeah, uh, I got, yeah, I got kind of into the whole, there was a big like, uh, boost of the whole like tape cassette mm -hmm. like label thing especially during myspace yeah. times and uh, i started uh becoming online friends with someone in uh california and they were putting out tapes on like small like labels and i got more into like the weird tape scene like there's people like i don't know if you heard of james ferraro yeah i have yeah he had that project called the skaters with some other dude Actually, sure. his name is Spencer. Hammer's name. Okay, sure. But anyways, yeah, like that was just like weirdly weird shit that I was like fascinated with. Mm -hmm. You know, just the idea of just recording with kind of what you have, yeah. and even just things that are just unconventional in a weird way. So I got so I got really into that kind of weird drone music noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I started recording uh, like this uh, project called Avant Reindeer. <laughs> Nice. Which is really weird. <laughs> I love it. It is so dumb. Like I was thinking of like the name. I always like the the like the genre, like the name of it, like avant garde. Yeah, right. And I was thinking of I don't know why I was thinking of reindeer. Maybe I was listening to Deer Hunter, and I was like, oh, like like reindeer. So yeah, I had this. Excuse me. I put out this uh, CDR called Avant Reindeer with my friend, the same friend mm -hmm. I made with on face um, MySpace. Sure. Yeah. And. Yeah, that's sort of when I was like getting into drone, oh, and yeah. it's still like embarrassing to listen to because it's literally like three notes like doom doom, and even yeah. like there's even one song where it's not even a song. I mean, whatever you want to call it, it's just like feedbacks from like my delay pedal and a distortion pedal, and I showed it to a friend of mine. And we we're and at the time we were both like super into oasis and shit and like he was like this just sounds like the sounds like the the feedback noel gallagher gets from pedals and i was like yeah that's yeah. pretty cool he's like but he he honestly was very uh like this isn't like kind of music i would expect you to make yeah. but i'm like yeah that's just what i was doing at the time mm -hmm. just it almost felt a little too easy to make that kind of music but i have like the uttermost respect for anyone that just makes up straight like noise and drone shit. Yeah. I feel like I still do that though for Apollo. I, I'm not trying to belittle anyone that makes weird drone shit like that's just like one note because people right. like Sun have a career out of that. Yeah. Like, but that's like way different, you know. Like, yeah. You're real, if you go to like a Sun show, you're actually gonna really feel and experience something. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I always like, and I feel like that really challenges the sort of the confines of what people consider to be music, because when we when a lot of a lot of times when we think about the music that we like, we think about music that is just like 
accessible or it's, you know, it has some sort of pop appeal. It has some sort of catchiness. It has some sort of like way to, that, you know, like captivates a feeling. But that's also like the key word there. Like the key phrase is captivating a feeling. And yeah. it's like when people can turn, you know, unconventional sounds or textures or just otherwise like just straight up noise into something that conveys right. a feeling that someone that other people can relate to i mean that yeah. that that's what makes it music you look at someone like Mersbau, yeah and like how he makes really fucking like abrasive and like otherwise unpleasant noises and he and that becomes like you know he's built a whole music career out of that you have people like uh you know swans or the knife or um you know even like even like uh people like venetian snares yeah like make such like things that it's like you know i can't dance to this i can't like bob my head to this i don't even have any rhythm to like really base this off of yeah. like which kind of to to some people is gonna you know take away the entire sort of uh the relatability to music but it's like music doesn't have to be that it can literally just be something you close your eyes and put your head down to and i'm like well exactly. i'm losing myself in this soundscape and it's yeah. really capturing that feeling of like well you know i'm feeling like i'm in i'm in an ocean within myself yeah sort of thing, you know and, and and i think it's something's uh it's it's a bummer too because people have a tendency to write that off as like well anyone can do that and it's like not really nope you can't no? <laughs> yeah because I mean, I guess my approach to it was just, I just think, personally, I don't think it was that great. But people, like, I know some close friends of mine who did like it, and it's just like, that's cool, it's just not what I liked doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I could basically I knew I could be better than that, you know, and that's sort of how Apollo came about, where I got more into, like, ambient music mm -hmm. than just straight up just playing, like, drum. Yeah. Like, I got more into the idea of, like being more, a bit more melodic, I guess, about it, and that's always something I sure. always find myself. I listen to, like, I have a tendency to listen to, like, the same song over and over again, you know what I mean? I do that to a lot, To the point too, where yeah. I'm like, oh, I hate this, like, yeah. oh my God, and now yeah. I have to, like, tell myself as, like, you know, the seventh time in a row, like, all right, like, let's, yeah. let's take a break. <laughs> there's a phase, like, I've gone through several phases with that, like, I remember there was a phase where I was listening to the song Knife by Grizzly Bear, Constantly. Oh, that's an amazing song. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. And then that became, I would listen to Summertime Clothes by Animal Collective constantly. Yeah. yeah. And then that would become, uh, what's another one? Um, when I, and even when I was younger, I remember I was obsessed with the song One More Night by Phil Collins. I listened to it constantly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I would listen to, uh, um, you know, Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it would jump around so much, but it's like, that's why, like, you know, for a while, like, I was a song guy. I wasn't as much of an album guy. I feel like I'm becoming more of a song person again because of, like, Spotify, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But I still listen to albums. I try to all the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. at work. But anyways, I was getting at, uh, I, I, I really, like, love the, the idea of, like, playing the same riff or, like, melody over and over again. Cause it's it just like almost like addicting. Yeah. Um, I remember even feeling that way a lot. Uh, I, I should say not feeling that way, but I remember feeling like listening to the most recent My Bloody Valentine record that came out in so 20. 
2013, 2013. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. It was called MBV. Anyways, there's one song. I think it was called In Another Way, and there's this riff in it that just goes on for probably like four or five measures. And it's great because at the time you're just like, just keep going, keep going, like this is mm -hmm. amazing. And that's the same feeling I would love, I like captivating like in my own music is just like a really nice feeling for someone. Yeah. And especially to play it out live is like even a million times better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause like also, kind of um sort of uh, uh, akin to that is like how you're saying how you know <clears throat> um you like to play like the same notes or the same you know melodic phrases over and over again like an artist that does that a lot is panda bear yeah like, most of his songs in animal collective are like the most rep repetitive songs like my girls and brother sport and like it's just a lot of refrains over and over and over again yeah um and I was actually, I'm like in a forum of, uh, I'm in an animal collective forum actually. And I was like, we were like uh, having a discussion about like unpopular opinions. Mm -hmm. And someone said, like, I think that like, you know, Panda Bear's like refrains are fun and catchy, but it could, but like his emphasis on them could easily like be read as like laziness. How would you argue, like, you know, doing that repetitions all the time and stuff like that? Like, I mean, from what I've heard, uh, I think he was like a choir boy in high school. He was. So yeah. I think I don't know much about choir music in general, but I know I know he also studied like religion in college. So maybe it could just be like the idea of like listening to like choir music yeah. I don't know because yeah. that shit can be very repetitive too mm -hmm. especially I mean even like when I think about going to Catholic Church and hearing these same songs over and over again they're very monotonous and not very enjoyable yeah. but no like it's almost like he kind of makes church music in a weird way yeah. in a <laughs> does very, that make sense I don't know in a very like you know eccentric pop sort of way yeah, yeah. I mean he's got a very like He's got a very great voice. Like he's he's good at like reaching out to the audience. Like I can't sing loud like Dude. that. I that's why, I'm, that's why I'm just like I sing more soft. Dude, comfy more. and nautica. Yeah, that's like, what I'm, especially what I'm thinking about yeah. right now is like that loop. Yeah, it's the refrain. Like yeah, yeah, try just, to yeah, it just goes up and down yeah. and like it's very choir. Sounding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's made entirely of like samples and like yeah. No, that song is like my Bible. <laughs> like I, that's like, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. But, so like, yeah, I guess so. Like, where, like, back to like, sort of how it like uh, manifested in your career. It's like, um, where did you? So, what is the term of Paul Vermouth? Like, I guess, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm a very big Beatles fan. Maybe not so much now, but I was when I was 13. My dad turned me on to Sgt. Pepper when I was 13, mm -hmm. we were at Sam Goody, and he was like, we're gonna get this CD, and I'm like, all right, fine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and then you put it on, and I was just like, this is really cool, I like the drums, uh, and I got into like, uh, you know, with a little help from my friends, and I was like, holy shit, like this, then it just kept going and going, like each song was just like, wow, this is really fucking awesome, mm -hmm. and got me really appreciative about the Beatles, but anyways, yeah, like, um, so yeah, I'm a big Beatles fan, and I've always gotten, like, really obsessive about them where I'd read any book about them, and 
I found out that there's this band called the Bonzo Dog Band, and they were like a part of a whole Monty Python crew. The oh my god, I the I grew up on Monty yeah. Python. It's great, yeah. Um, but these dudes are like the Ruddles, and it still features. I don't think anyone in the band was in Monty Python, but they've hung out with like the main dudes sure. and stuff. Sure. But anyways, they have this song called "I'm There in Space, Man," and it's a very goofy song. They're just a goofy like pop band, okay, and yeah. Paul McCartney produced their single under the name Apollo C Vermouth, and I always loved that name for some reason. Like yeah. I used to like I used to have Live Journal. This is sure. like fucking two thousand four, two thousand five, and I think my my name was Apollo Vermouth on there. Oh, wow. It's been it's been since deleted. <laughs> We, so we can't find it can't anywhere. can't find it anywhere. Damn! But I always, I always love that name. I don't know why. Like, I love the idea it's called Apollo and, like, Vermouth. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't know how to pronounce it, so I thought it was Vermouth, which was still cool to me. But That's what I thought yeah. when I first saw your name, like, on social media. Like, yeah, I Vermouth? Always, I always thought it was Vermouth, and then, you know... But yeah, it's just yeah. me being a kid. But, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I really adore that name, and... I figured Paul's never gonna sue me for that shit, cause he said some cool things, you know, these days, like he's into piracy, like mm -hmm. people downloading music. He's like, if I was a kid, like I would do the same thing. It's yeah. Like, well, yeah, you're right, Paul. Like, we'd all do that. Right, right, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, it's, like, at this point, it's a universally accepted thing, you know? It's like smoking yeah. weed, you know? People are gonna do it, and, and, uh, most of us are gonna get away with it, but, uh, it's still, <laughs> still legalities involved with them, but yeah, I mean, we're still working on it. You it's know? always more fun when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. But I think music pirating, though, like I've been exposed to that since I was shit, um, seven or eight. Like I remember Napster was still around. My brother and sister, like early two thousand. Yeah, yeah, brother and sister like scrambling to like download as much as they could because Napster was going down. Yeah. So, like, then we got into, like, Kazaa and LimeWire, but no, like, I think pirating's a great way to, ex to get into a lot of cool shit. Yeah, no, that, and that's literally how I developed music as any form of hobby was, because um, we had LimeWire back in the days, it was like 2007. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister, like, the, that was, like, I didn't really listen to music, like, recreationally until, like, around that time, like, when I was, like, 10, 11, yeah. and, like... You know, that was when my sister, like, showed me, like, the collection of songs that she had pirated for so long, and, like, yeah. she put me on to, like, Led Zeppelin. And I remember the first Led Zeppelin song I ever heard was Cashmere. Mm -hmm. And it, from then on, I just developed, like, you know, I started getting into Led Zeppelin, and then I started getting into, like, Nirvana, and then that became, like, The Who, and, like, I just started listening to, like, everything that, like, my sister's entire collection of, like, pirated music is what put me on to... Yeah. Like, wow, like, I can have taste, you know? YouTube, especially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, YouTube, yeah. like, is that, if anything, that's, like, could be the biggest way to expose anyone to any type of music. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Wrong, wrong pipe. Hey, okay. Sometimes you get a little too excited. I got so pumped <laughs> when you started talking about what YouTube did to the music industry. Yeah. Continue. Made a lot of people pissed off though, cause copyright and whatnot. Well, but there's things on no, there's things on 
YouTube, you know, that isn't on Spotify. Yeah, De La Soul, most of the records are not on there. Oh, yeah. it's so sample heavy. Yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to get, like, they, I think they've always had problem with clearance with sampling, mm -hmm. which is a bummer. Cause, yeah. Like, I don't think Tool is either still, like... They're probably not about that. Right, well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's for, that's why for a while, like, In Rainbows wasn't, for about Radiohead, wasn't on Spotify, because Tom York hates... Spotify. He hates music streaming services, and like that was the only album he owned the rights to exclusively. But now it's on there. But yeah, and he doesn't really have to complain about that. He already has enough money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like you fucking headlined La Palooza, okay? Yeah. Like I think it's funny when some like I even think about the fucking drummer of Metallica getting pissed Lars about, Ulrich. Yeah, getting pissed about Napster. Like they're taking our money, and like it's like. <laughs> He was Shut like, the fuck up, dude. I was, you're still like always gonna be the biggest metal band. Yeah, you know, yeah. watch Mojo, like, uh, like those Mojo, like uh, those compilations. Yeah, 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 those like lists. Yeah. In like the top ten douchebags in music, Lars Ulrich was one of them. I forgot what number he was, but yeah. I but, feel like that list would infuriate me in a weird way because yeah. it probably has one of the Gallagher brothers, and they're just like they don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and that's. I mean, there's a whole. Isn't there's like a whole documentary about Oasis and. and oh like, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll just. I'll just say. It. I mean, they're like they're like my favorite band. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, Morning Glory is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And but I, I know that a lot of their you know, their cockiness and attitude is a little, like, fake it type thing, like, fake it till you make it, and sure. I don't blame them for being cocky, because they wrote some of the fucking greatest songs ever, mm -hmm. and, you know, and they, they make, they're, they're what make, like, rock music interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to, like, listen to rock stars who are all posh and, like, mm perfect and everything. Oh, that's, a, that's, that's a great take. Yeah. I respect it. I totally respect <laughs> not that, it. Not that I'm interested in like someone being, you know, incredibly uh, like disrespectful about something, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah, no, of course. But, uh, yeah. No, I admire the, I, I admire musicians who can be uh, like honest with who they are. Right. It's like it's like I like I, I like the idea of them kind of having a bit of an attitude, but at the same time, like they know like they have a way to like back that up. Yeah. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. No. Not that not that there's any time soon you're gonna see like some fucking cocky ambient musician and be like, yeah, that's me. But I did see William Bozinski recently. Yeah. And he showed up with like. <laughs> This glittered vest, mm -hmm. wearing sunglasses. Oh, Meanwhile, wow. this is indoors at UWM. And Interesting. Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. he had these really like sick boots. He's very like Hollywood, and he just did like a forty-five minute set. But everything about it was perfect because I know who William Wazinski is, and he has like the right to dress like that yeah, and be right. like that. Yeah. I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah. And we applauded for probably like, you know, three <laughs> minutes straight because yeah. just to be in his presence was yeah. really awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, that, that's probably the most rock star, like, ambient musician there'll ever really be, I think. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I damn, that was at UWM. Mm -hmm. When? Um, had it been a few months ago. The fuck, I missed it. Yeah. It's fucking. Yeah. Shit, it that's with, awesome. Yeah, I was also with the uh, lead singer of Flores. They were doing a set. Oh word. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. That's awesome. It was a very low key show, and it's a bummer because I think UWM, UW Madison doesn't really do a great job with promoting. Like, I remember seeing the event page literally two weeks before yeah, the show I, started. I, yeah, right, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I know, like, even in, like, the indie sphere, like, you know, I I read very up, I read pretty extensively into, like, artists, like, backstories and stuff like that. Um, and, like, um, <clears throat> one of my favorite albums of all time is uh, Year of Hibernation by Youth Lagoon. Oh, yes, again? Uh, yeah, I... That I, dude's really cool. Yeah, he's a great dude, but he's fucking honest. Yeah. Like, that that whole album, Year of Hibernation, even in that title, yeah, it's about his struggle with, like, depression and, and isolating himself from the outside world to, like, create music about, you know, the various feelings he was having with, like, whether it was personal relationships or just, you know, his direction or place in life, and, like, he... He put that out, and another one is Mount Erie, like with that album, like that he dropped, like I think it was two years ago now, about like his wife that passed away. Right. Yeah. Like really, one of the saddest fucking albums. Like I still ever. haven't heard that because I don't know if I'm ready to hear that. Yet. Uh, yeah. No, it's hard. It's it's hard <laughs> shit. Yeah, I like yeah. I haven't even actually revisited it in a long time, but mm -hmm. um, but no, I I agree. Like. Artists that are like brutally honest about themselves and like what they're going through, yeah. but they're making they're making a piece of art to communicate that sort of emotional travesty and turning it into something that you know people can relate to in a very heavily like you know eccentric emotional way is yeah. I mean that's that shit's like. I feel like that's that's gonna captivate me more than like a lot of like you know emotional pop songs, you know. Right. You yeah. Know, like, did you start find like start playing out in Milwaukee? It's funny. I was literally just thinking about this the other day, like when I started doing that more. Um, hmm. So the first like real real show um, I played was at I know I okay I should say. I did a show once in 2011 opening up for my bands. I had a little band called Wasted Islands with Eli Smith. And Shout out Eli Smith, great dude. <laughs> sweetest, sweetest kid. I like like I, I see, I've been yeah. seeing Eli a lot more at shows and like, really, really nice kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've known him since he was a sophomore in high school and I was a senior. But anyways, uh, I opened up for us like for that that band um with him and it was a pretty whatever show but the first like real show i did was in 2012 at this place called cream city collective and that was yeah it was a space in river west and it was the last night and it was a halloween show so <laughs> i guess like at, a, at the end of the night i was i left like shortly after this happened but i guess like there were breaking windows and shit wow. and like yeah it was like an anarchist yeah uh, wow place. okay sure and the cops nice. apparently arrived but yeah that sounds 
That's Trude River West. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There was like a Pentagram cover band that played. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, everyone kind of like went all out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was the first like real show I did for Apollo, like as myself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think when I started. I think 2013 was a big year for me, like playing out more. I started like doing a lot of shows at the Borg Ward. That was a big yeah. space for me. Um, especially for just finding yourself out as like a musician and playing out to people you not normally play to. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I mean, yeah, I played in Wasted Islands, but like you're playing to a whole different like scene where it's people that are into like you know noise and drown and yeah. whatnot. So it it that's I felt like I really started growing a lot there as a musician and getting to know a lot of people in the Milwaukee scene. Mm-hmm. And started playing even shows and DIY houses. <clears throat> Did you ever play the dark room? Yeah. yeah. Shout out Jake Marine. <laughs> Fucking. Jake's great. I guy. love him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. Yeah, I, I played a few times there. No, yeah, he's he's a great. Guy. I never got to experience it because that was like before I really like started going to shows. But yeah, yeah, yeah it was a cool spot for sure. Um. Yeah, there there was a lot of house shit, like house venues back then. Mostly, it was a lot of like the big thing at the time was the whole like screamo, mm-hmm. emo throwback yeah, stuff. Right. And I really was really into that kind of music, but it meant a lot that people were willing to open up to like what I was doing and what me and Eli were doing. You know, as musicians, mm-hmm. like something gets a bit more. Uh, experimental instead of just like screaming into a microphone and playing weird angular chords on some weird fucking tuning. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like like a, like a a math rock sort of thing. Yeah, I, I can't play like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I can't be showy. I can't. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, yeah. You know, so where do you? How do you feel like? Because I mean, you obviously make this kind of music, so like. How do you feel like elaborate soundscapes and, you know, the various projects that you've released, you know, through your run, like, how do you feel like it communicates feelings without using words? I think for me, a lot has to do with just dealing with any kind of, you know, mental illness, like depression or anxiety, or even something I'm dealing with at the time, or, cause I, I don't know. Um, it's been it's been a rough like few years between like 2013 and 2017 uh just a lot of ups and downs and it it felt like the best way for me to communicate was through music because mm-hmm. even in you know I've been I've been through therapy I mean I I started taking you know um medication in 2013 mm-hmm. and that's definitely helped me a lot like to kind of like I was experiencing a lot of like physical pain with my anxiety which is weird which is something yeah I think not many people deal with it's kind of like one of the I've rare. definitely like no I, I've gotten that too with anxiety like where yeah. you feel just like tension you feel like just a general feeling of uneasiness like like I'll get like cramps or nausea out of yeah. nowhere yeah. yeah 
For me, like, I experience pain, like, all throughout my body, and it's very strange, and the only thing that helps me is taking anti-anxiety medication, but, um, yeah, it, I've been, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, I've been through therapy throughout the years, dealt with some shit that's not fun, like, your friends dying and yeah. whatnot, and I don't know, like, I always felt the easiest way for me to communicate, yeah, it was through playing music, and I feel like I'm kind of selling a broken record here, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes trying to write down lyrics, because I always feel kind of phony when I'm trying to write something that's personal. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm still trying to learn better as as a musician of how to write better lyrics. But sometimes for me, it's just easier to captivate like what I'm feeling through music. Mm -hmm. If that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> so it's like rather than using lyrics, using just you know the the sounds and the the layers of yeah. like yeah, you use the pedals and like um, it you know like where you'll like be playing with your guitar and then it'll like you'll like press the pedal and then it'll... Then Jesus, it's even more obnoxious now than when I started out. Like, I used to only have like... two delay pedals, now I have like three. I got this... I, I was able to afford this thing called Strymon Big Sky. It's like, it's like having a computer on your pedal board. So it creates like amazing uh, mm -hmm. reverb on your pedal board and no, like I feel like even now it's a bit. My sounds have got have gotten larger throughout the years compared mm -hmm. to when I first started out. Yeah. Maybe that just shows the larger my pedal or the more emotions. I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Did you feel so? Did you feel that with like your new album, like or well, your most recent album, I should say, because it's two years old now. But crashing in nowhere, do you feel like like your the sounds you achieved were bolder? And like more, I guess, like, you know, accomplished for lack of a better term. Than I think so. Yeah, I think the production's better. Um, I wasn't very good at mixing in the last few albums, like especially the last one I did was Fractured Youth, and that came out twenty fourteen. And none of my stuff before that, Fractured Youth, and before was never like mixed well, never have been mastered, and it wasn't until. Yeah, Crashing to Nowhere, where I feel like more of a professional mm -hmm. about the whole thing. Sure, it was sure. mastered. And it was mixed by me, but as I listen back to even Crashing to Nowhere, I'm like, oh, there's so many things that would have changed, but it's out there. But now I feel like I'm kind of growing more as an artist to make something better than that, you know? Mm -hmm. Even though it's scary to, to yeah. like, <laughs> trying to top yourself, but that's just the whole thing with being a musician is like mm -hmm. you always want to make something better than last. Yeah. Maybe I, it's hard to say like better like well, quality wise but like just even like music right now you know I, it sucks how everything's so like disposable and I would want to make something that it's worthwhile and a bit more memorable and that's mm -hmm. sort of kind of what I'm going with this next record is trying to <clears throat> do something a little bit more different, kind of even, I know you said earlier, I don't really use many vocals, but I'm trying to do more vocals. Yeah, well, I remember, like, <laughs> it was like, the first time I saw you was at Nausicaa, mm -hmm. shout out Matt Glassel, um, and uh, 
You did use a couple. You had a couple like vocals in that performance. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's some like you know post rock and ambient musicians that do use vocals, but it's typically it's not like it's not typical of unless you're Sigaros, obviously. But like if but like you don't use yeah. but like it's it's not always typical of like you know you know a microphone to even necessarily be present. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, like, uh, and, I mean, you, you're in operations as well, so, as you're trying to find more of, like, a lyrical, uh, connection with, like, your artistry, like, I guess, like, how do you feel like, um, like, I guess, what are the challenges that come with that? Uh, just try not to write shitty lyrics, and try not to be too cliche, because that's the last thing I ever want to do, is, like, sound like a fool in a weird in a way I don't, I'm, I'm very uh i'm the kind of person when i because even i do like singing in operations like you said and i'm very very uh how can i put it hard on myself lyrically so i even just open up like my phone and go on my notes and just write lyrics when i'm at work when i have something like that comes to mind I think you have to. You gotta do yeah, that. You know, I'm, if you're at work, you gotta fucking. Take yeah, when I when I <laughs> yeah when I'm just drifting off into nowhere land, which I'm doing a lot, but it it helps a lot to just to keep reading it and just like thinking like, oh, that could have been better, like a better lyric. The last thing you want is to be too wordy. Like I, I've learned that growing up from a friend. It's like you don't have to be so specific about it. Oh, I woke up. It's twelve a.m. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go. I don't know. It's just like you don't have to say this, 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 this. It could just be like this and this, and then I don't know. Like, like it, nothing has to be so like dramatic in a way when you have to fucking say like everything that's going on in your life. Like, oh, I'm gonna spill it out like this. Like, eight, eight. like, like it, like it's. It's almost like reading like a nursery rhyme or some mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, right. No, no, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and I agree. Um, you know, uh, I think, but it's still like, you know, then they say there's there's two components to music. There's the the sound and there's the lyrics. And like I, mm -hmm. you know. I don't, I, I mean, I don't necessarily always listen to music for the lyrical content. I mean, if I'm listening to, like, hip-hop or... Oh, hip-hop especially. Hip-hop is especially thing. lyrical, yeah. definitely, but... Yeah. You know, there's, and, you know, there's, there's plenty of lyrics that have definitely resonated with me that have been made by artists of non-pop genres, but... But I feel like, at the end of the day, I've always been more of a sound person. I've always yeah. been more of like the music and just how like the melodies and the rhythms and just you know the the instrumentation like how it how it makes I just how it makes my brain stimulated you know for lack of a better term yeah and I think even it goes with like like you say you're more of a song person I'm also affected too by lyrics if I know what they're singing about. And it even is cooler when they're writing shit like that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's mm -hmm. almost like you're trying to figure out like what they're trying to mean about that, but at the same time, it could just not mean about anything. Yeah, it could be just yeah. open to the interpretation <laughs> of the listener, where like yeah, you know maybe 
Because as far as I know, like, or you, like, artists could just be fucking around in the studio and just be doing something that's fun and yeah. put something out that just happens to sound good. And it's like, well, it's out here and people are going to find all these wicked meanings behind it. Yeah. But, you know, it's that's, that's their discretion. Right. I recently just heard today that Old Town Road is like the number one like longest running single and I, I think that's fucking awesome. Especially how he wrote that shit like when he was literally like had no money living with his sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the coolest fucking like story ever. Yeah. And I'm again yeah, he posted the thing today about how he found, like, was going through YouTube, trying to find this really sick beat. He's like, okay, I found this beat. Now I'm gonna go outside and, like, wait for a few hours and just try to think of something. And that was the whole, like, gonna take my horse to Old Town Road and ride yeah. no more. And, like, that's the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. And the whole line about can't nobody tell me nothing is a whole of, like, his family members being, you're never gonna make it, you know, mm-hmm. music. And right. Th- I can't even fucking imagine that's what's going through that dude's, like, mind Dude, right now. That's like, so real big. as hell, yeah. yeah. Dude, he has the best Twitter. <laughs> no, he's amazing. I love his Twitter. He has the best Twitter. No, and I think a lot of people should just, like, look at it that way. Like, you never fucking know what's going to happen, and just keep on doing what you're doing. And obviously, you know, with what I do, it's not like... Oh, uh, Paul Ramos is like Billboard charts right now, number number three or something like. I don't expect my music to ever get that way, but you see even on Spotify how big artists can be like getting mm-hmm. on the Spotify official playlist and shit. And yeah. whatever happens, happens, you know. Like yeah, yeah exactly. Like uh, there's a guy in here in in Milwaukee, Sean Sison. His, uh, he had a song that went viral, mm-hmm. uh, and has millions of listens, you know, like, I, yeah. and it's like, yeah, but he's still here, you he's know? still here, yeah, 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 and it's like, he's still creating, he's still, you know, is, yeah. is uh, he's still innovating his artistry, and I think that's a great thing, is like, you know, just because somebody, just because you might have a song that becomes a hit, doesn't, like, it doesn't mean that, like, that's your success point, you know, like, point blank, it's, you you're gonna keep it moving, you know. It's like you mm. you've you're still gonna you still have to keep learning, you know. It doesn't stop there. And totally, I mean, you're always learning as a musician, no matter what. Right, matter just as you are as a human being. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like uh, no, like man, Old Town Road's great. I I saw a tweet recently. <laughs> it was like one of my favorite tweets that I've ever seen. It was like the year is like twenty fifty and. Uh, Old Town Road is like you know been uh, the hit is still is still number, <laughs> still number one, one. and yeah. uh, and the government has mandated that every like every American citizen has to contribute at least one verse. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. I yeah, guys <laughs> are thinking about my fucking Old Town Road verse, but like it's like, but I think that the way that Lil Nas X like I mean he's only like a. 20 year old kid and the way he has just made he's just so ironically like you know you know having fun with being in the music industry and just you know 
Yeah. Making making fun of himself. Yeah. Like is, you know, I think that is like a a great idealization of like what success is. Totally, it's just, I agree. It's just making fun of the situation that you're in, but also, you know, really enjoying the fact that it's happening. Um, yeah, I, it, I think I have a lot of respect for that. It's such a fun song, and it's. I get why people would anyone would not like it. Maybe they just heard it a million times, but yeah, I didn't really like it at first, and it kind of just grew on me. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it is good. It's, I mean, it's. I don't even know how many remixes or we have in the works right now, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess. Um, how would you say, uh, so n like obviously now, um, you know, you, um, it's been a couple of years since, uh, you know, your last release, uh, I guess, yeah, like what's relevant to Apollo Vermouth right now, like what are you working on, like I guess. Right now, I'm, it's, it's hard because I'm trying to like focus on with two things in the operations at Apollo, and I really just want to like, kind of take my time for this new record and just kind of writing demos like I use the voice memo app a lot on my my iPhone and mm -hmm. it's been nice to like when you're just messing around your guitar and just come up with something interesting like a melody of some sort and yeah just trying to take my time with it because like I said um with Operation we're trying to record a record like at the end of August so that's been on my mind, like, mm -hmm. just constantly rehearsing for that and just trying to get everything down. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, I have Apollo, and I still want to keep doing that, obviously, no matter what. Like, I've thought about it in the, you know, maybe a year or even, like, maybe at the beginning of this year, I thought about just, like, stopping it, but I don't think I could ever really stop this project. Like, it'll always be alive. Even if I was gonna be like I'm gonna take a break yeah, or something right, for yeah. 10 years or some shit like I don't know it's it's hard to say like it's it's always gonna be there and I like working with other people a lot too mm -hmm. and that's what's it's fun too with even Apollo like I love working with all the musicians and, and shit because that was a big part of this last record was working with other people and I still want to do that, you know, still want to make things exciting and new, because I love the idea of just collaborating with someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, can't wait for that one. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like, so obviously, like, as you said um, before, that you felt like, you know, when you were going through like things like therapy and dealing with like, you know, like mental health stuff and whatever, like, cause something that many people create or not deal with every, every single day, how do you feel like it's allowed you to like, you know, you know, better deal with that kind of stuff? And I guess like, how do you feel like it's allowed you to really, you know, captivate these feelings through sound? Um, it, it's hard to say because like it feels like a lot of times it can just be a never-ending struggle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's almost like you're, it feels like it's like, should I go back to therapy soon or if I should 
take time working on myself more, but I think we're always just working on ourselves more personally. Yeah. And I feel like I'm always working on myself too, just as a person and just being a better person and understanding other people's struggles. And cause you know, you don't realize the shit that you're going through right now. Yeah, it's, it's personal and you're dealing with it right now, but it's almost like you have no idea what other people are dealing with and shit. And it's important to always be aware about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I see, I see so many people this day and age just complaining about the dumbest things. Yeah. And you don't realize, like, what's bigger out there that, that's worth complaining about. Yeah. The whole, like, first world problems thing. Like, yeah. people will complain about the littlest things and don't realize what's going on, you know, worldwide. Not to try to sound like, oh, people should are just ignorant and shit. But I think everyone, you know, we're all we've all been ignorant about like, real life shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And but it's still very important to work on yourself. Yeah. And if you think you need to go seek therapy, and that's awesome. And it sucks right now with like the whole healthcare system. It's it's so expensive to see a therapist. Fucking terrible. Yeah. I like. I literally have like my last pill that I'm gonna be using tomorrow, and I don't know if I can like try to get like an emergency. Uh, are, you, are you paying for this? Uh, I mean, I I had to reapply for my Badger Care Plus benefits. Okay. Um. But, we, we can talk about this later, but yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. No, but it, it is, the healthcare system does suck because, like, I'm stressed about that. Like, I want to, I need my meds, you know? No, it, it, there's, there's no reason anyone shouldn't be, like, be able to continue, like, whatever medication. Because some medication is very dangerous to stop taking, you know? Like, I remember one time I went through Xanax withdrawal. Worst fucking thing I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And I even read like, yeah, you could probably die, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, no, it's real as hell. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, like I was saying, um, no, if if you feel like you need, if anyone needs to seek therapy, I really hope at least you can be able to afford it or see some kind of person that does it cheaper or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's. It's a bummer that we live in this day and age where it, it's it's not affordable, and yeah. that's that's unfair for sure. But um, I don't know. I there's there's musicians out there who I've adored, like Elliot Smith, Sparkle Horse. Um, I mean, there's musicians out there who are still alive. Like I think of like Richard Ashcroft of The Verb, like yeah. all dealt with like serious depression and shit. And you can hear that in their music. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer to think, you know, whatever failed them. This I don't know if the system failed them or it's just they just wanted to give up. And it's, it's hard to think about, you know. Yeah. But I, I totally understand why anyone would, would, would give up. But at the same time, it's like there's so much to live for, too. Um, yeah. It's tough to say that but no yeah. it really is you know despite how much struggle there is right now in the world like everyone deserves 
to be living. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because it's just fucking true. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, like, I agree. Like, I think there's so much beauty in life to overcoming things. Right. Um, every time I overcome something that's troubling me, it's like that's such a feeling of relief and beauty and like euphoria. Euphoria that like you like didn't think was going to be possible. Um, yeah. You know, when, like when I got out of the mental hospital two years ago, it was the most natural like euphoria I'd ever felt in my entire life. Yeah. And you know. I yearn for those feelings every time and I think I hope every and I think everyone else is that deals with a mental health illness or otherwise unfortunate circumstances is like they yearn for that feeling of just be able to be them full self their full selves. That's this is a big big thing of just feeling normal, you know. Yeah. Like even even to me like being on medication since twenty thirteen and like, what exactly would you describe what normal is? It's just to feel okay with your certain situation, just mm -hmm. to feel like you don't feel like you're hurting. Like, yeah. Same time, it's like normal is just like a, just another state of mind, but as long as you just feel like okay with everything around you, like mm -hmm. that's that's just like bliss too. Yes. You know. Yes, it is. Yeah. Felt a lot of bliss drinking these white claws with you in the sour. Let's go. All right, Alisa, aka Apollo Vermouth. What up? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, we had a great uh, last hour. Um, what would you say keeps you up at night? Uh, the children at the border. The children at the border. Yeah. That's a real fucking thing. No, it's. It is very fucking real, and why are they there? Because we, for some reason, think that, uh, you know, we, we think that there's aliens on stolen land. Which is total bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's fucked. It's fucked. It's so yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I hope it gets solved. Uh, the fact that it's... The no, just thing is illegal people. Right. Personally. The fact that, like, it's been going on for so long, too. Yeah. You know, it's I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing because I'm a little shy on camera. Well, yeah. it's also, <laughs> but it's also just, like, the whole fact that it's happening. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? No, it's 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 a joke, for sure. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah. So, no, it's, I agree. Um, what puts you to sleep? Boring music. Boring music. Yeah. Um, like, man. Like, uh, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. care how high you put the troubles in that, those songs. It's yeah. the worst right. music ever. It's a crash commercialism yeah. in an audible way. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. So, yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Had a Thank great, you, yeah, had a yeah. great time. Um, so, uh, remember, check out him at Pop Vermouth's Lush Soundscapes on, uh, all uh, streaming platforms and uh yeah you know um thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time mr nice guy